1: Challenge Alive,
2: blood Alive. Good evening and welcome to Charlton Live. This is the Big Match Preview coming to you live here on your Thursday evening from the Valley. My name is Louis Mendes. Joining me in the studio here in SE7 to look ahead to Saturday's trip up to the Riverside to take on Middlesbrough is Mr Tom Wallin. Welshie Wallin, how are you? Good. It's a lot
3: nicer in here than when I was last in here. Yeah. No pies,
2: but it just feels a bit happier. Yeah, well, it's the first time we've seen you for a while, so we will discuss the news that's broken over the last few days. We obviously talked about it on Sunday, uh, but we're still waiting for the takeover to be confirmed uh, by the EFL. We're going to hear the latest uh, on that from Lee Bayer. Uh, shortly as we get into the stride of the show we're also going to hear from Bose uh, about the injury crisis at the club who is expecting back for Saturday's trip uh, up to uh, Middlesbrough we're going to hear from Deji Oshilaja, his debut uh, on the show the summer signing uh, came to speak to Terry after Saturday's defeat to Sheffield Wednesday also talks about how the crisis the injury crisis is affecting uh, the players and then as we uh, gear up for looking more uh, ahead to the trip to the northeast to take on Middlesbrough we're going to hear from Dom Shaw uh, uh, from side Live and the Gazette, it lets us know how Jonathan Woodgate's side uh, have been getting on. Uh, and then Bayer gives his own little preview uh, to the game as well. Right, Tom, I mean, this is your first show since uh, since it all kicked off last Friday, uh, roughly 12 hours after our previous show yeah. had finished, which in, is always the way. Um, but your initial reaction to the fact that East Street Investments have agreed a deal to take over the club uh, from Roland du Châtelet, just waiting for that EFL uh, approval now. How did you feel when you saw the news? Unreal. Absolutely unreal. And and
3: like Terry said on Sunday's show, I was in a meeting um, at until about nine, half nine, came out and I had something like 78 WhatsApp messages. I went, <laughs> wait a second, what, what's going on here? Um, and then start to work my way through it. And uh, yeah, just just unbelievable. And, and everyone at work just kept saying, are you all right? Are you all right? And I was like, I'm just absolutely buzzing. Like, And one of the guys, I can't remember if it was him or Lewis, said they almost felt just so overwhelmed by it all. And yeah, I think all the fans reacted in that same way. It was, it was emotional. It was exciting. It was constant, refreshing for just any update on what the story was, who the people were, how many millions we had, had Ronaldo signed yet. There was just, just so much going on. And um, did a piece for for someone today. Um, just asked to answer some questions on the takeover and said, felt like a cloud had been lifted. Um, like clouds are parted, sun was out. It just felt like such a weight off our shoulders to get that news because it makes you reflect on everything we've gone through from the start because the last year or so hasn't actually been too bad. Other than underfunding, um, you know, he's, he's kind of left Bowyer and that's yeah. the football side of it to it. And there has been chronic underfunding, so let's not play anything down. And the down. contract issue as well with the yeah. manager So well. Yeah, I'm not going to say it's all rosy, but when you compare that to us having to literally stop games that were on TV in the middle of games to try and protest. I think we've come a long way and it's it's credit to every single fan. It's credit to the players that are here now. It's credit to the management staff that are here now for what they've done to steady the ship. It's just fantastic news. And, and hopefully these last few T's are crossed and I's are dotted and we can get on with with playing our football because with a little bit of investment, I think we could really go a long way under Boya. Yeah.
2: I mean, what what have you made of the... Uh, opening few days, or well, not even the opening few days yet, but the uh, the reaction, your reaction to the people that are taking us over, okay? So we know Mount Southall looking like he's going to be the CEO as well as the director, the money men over in Abu Dhabi, um, Tanu Namir. Um I mean, what would you make of, of, of the people and, and their initial reaction to to their reception because obviously we saw Matt Southall got a great reception on uh, in, in the fans bar and on Twitter and, and and so forth and he seems to be be pleased with that I mean what, what have you made of that and what are your hopes for what they can achieve uh, and I guess finally as well have you got any reservations as well because as I said on, on Sunday show four or five years or five six years ago we were delighted when Roland came in yeah So, I mean, what's going through your mind in terms of that?
3: Yeah, I think first of all, in terms of who has come in, I'm excited and and they've certainly made the right noises. It's very early days, obviously, to see what their strategy is for the club and and how they're attempting to build us. But just that initial statement, um, you look at that and they're making all the right noises. They're talking about fan engagement. They're talking about harnessing the power of the fans who, you know, I'm sure lots of clubs will try and say this, but these fans are... completely unique in a way they've they've saved this club two or three times you know bringing us back to the valley everything that we've done the the fans really are the heartbeat of this club more than the most that that I can think of so harnessing that power could could make such a difference and that was the one thing Roland just straight from the off did the complete opposite and almost turned the fans against him Um, in terms of who the money men are um, you know I don't know a huge amount about them other than that Uh, what I want from them to be honest I just want Boyer to be able to compete. I think he's done that already given no money and I think he just needs a little bit of support from from the owner in terms of some budget, um, a proper contract because I think the likes of him and, and Jacko and Gallon actually can, those three should be able to carry on and just slowly add to the squad that we've got. I don't want huge change really, I just want them to come in and just give him a little bit of money and a bit of support. Um, and then in terms of reservations really at the moment I don't have too many and and that's maybe just because we don't know enough about them yet my uh, this may sound stupid to some fans but I don't want to become like a Man City if they have got that that wealth um, because that's not the club I support um, And I know there are probably elder Man City fans who probably still struggle with some of that you know and I don't necessarily think we're going to become that but I just want a team that can compete and can I think Lewis made a good point we want a team that can surprise us and you know, up against odds can pull out results, like we have on several occasions already this season. You think back to the Leeds game, for example. So if they can just help Boya to do that, for now that'll be fine. And if we can stabilize this year, maybe make a few good signings in the summer, over the next two or three years, if we can push towards that top six in the championship, that would be absolutely fine for me. And then ultimately, obviously, look to get back in the Premier League and stabilise ourselves there.
2: Lovely stuff. Well, as we know, we're still waiting for the EFL uh, to ratify the takeover, uh, get that all through the fit and proper persons test, which, you know, I, I'm one who actually hopes it takes as long as, as long as they need, you know, because you don't want... Uh, another situation mm. like what we've had at the club or clubs such as Macclesfield are going through right now. So you know, you know, make make sure they do a thorough job. Hopefully, it will be before January, which is the most yeah. probably the most important thing. Uh, the the initial the initial thing I was told was just, uh, hopefully a couple of weeks, but. I'm sure, I think there was a, one at Wigan that took a hell of a lot longer than that, but anyway we'll, um, we'll discuss that later, Lee Bayer was asked uh, for his latest uh, views uh, on the takeover today, uh, he reiterates uh, that he believes the move is an encouraging one for the club
4: Obviously it's good, it's positive, like I said last week, nothing's changed from what I said last week if, if this does happen then it's a positive move for the football club which is the most important thing um, everyone knows that that Roland's trying to sell the club and, and there's a group disagree the fee, so that's great. Um, it's got to go through the AFL, I don't know what what the protocol is for all that, but I know there's meetings and stuff, but these are things we can't control. Obviously we all want it to happen, but until it does, until you get that, that, that rubber stamp, as you said, then, then we've just got to carry on normal when... And keep doing what, what we do every day nothing changes for us so uh, but hopefully it happens for everybody you know
5: should it go through um, there's been talk that you and your backroom staff would get uh, new contracts um, the new owners were at the game on Saturday. Have any approaches been made to you at all about new contracts?
4: Um, there's been uh, a very small discussion regarding that just to say, look, look, this is what we want to do. We want to tie myself and, and the staff down. Um, from what they say is that that's, that's the most important thing. So um, we will see if that happens. Hopefully it does. Uh, but again, these are, it's not in our control. Uh, but we've got a long way to go before we get to that. Obviously, the most important thing is that the club... Gets taken over, and, and, and then we'll go from there.
5: I know these are early days, and the I's have got to be dotted and the T's crossed, but it's been suggested a transfer kitty could be made available to you in January. What do you think of that?
4: Sounds good to me. Uh, again, like I it's positive that the things that we're hearing is positive stuff um, club getting taken over, uh, money to spend in January. The summer, um, new contracts for, for myself and the staff, so tying lull down like all these things I'm hearing, but let's not get carried away too soon. Like honestly, believe it, we it has to be done first, um, and I hope it does. I hope it does get done. But if it does, then it's all positive, and, and the club can move forward. Like I said, like nothing, nothing changes with me like this. I want the club to be successful, that's why I've stayed here, Um, so I think everybody knows that there's been opportunities to to go elsewhere and and I've chosen to stay, so hopefully that loyalty gets repaid.
2: There we go, Lee I mean, revealing what we already knew anyway—that he did have chances to to go elsewhere. You remember the the Huddersfield job, the Cardiff job, both both came up, uh, and his name was linked without uh, anything ever happening in the end. Um, but that's one of the main things. I mean, getting Bose and his team uh, on a contract is so important, and that seems to be one of the first aims of of this new lot. And so, I mean, just just show they're gonna they're gonna start off on on a sensible footing if they can get that over the line once once they're in.
1: Yeah.
3: And again, we compare it back to when Roland came in and he got rid of a manager who's a club legend here and sold two of our best players within a few months. Um, for me, Bo is crucial to, to everything that's happening at Charton at the moment. You look at, first of all, the pull he has in terms of the players that want to come and play under him. Secondly, you look at the players that come here and improve as a result of playing under him. And then when you combine him with Jacko, whose set pieces have just been really crucial to us over the past two years, and Gallon, whose recruitment record is pretty much faultless, I think they've got the makings there of a very good side. You look at Andy Marshall and the work he's done with Dills um, and the improvements he's made to his game as well. Obviously, bringing Grant Basie in now as a coach. Um, uh, it's just got a real chart and feel to it, which is understandable when you read those names out. Um, and it's everything that this club kind of has been about for, for a long, long time. So. For me, you don't mess with that, and again, we go back to to the start of the of the Roland regime, and and that's what happened. They they rocked that boat, and yes, Riga came in and and just about survived, uh, pulled us through that year. But look where we went after that. So, for me, it's all about stability now. Um, it's about harnessing what we've already got, and then, as I say, just providing some extra support to that because Bowyer doesn't need much else really. He's doing a, a brilliant job already. Just think what he could do with a with a few million quid just to to add a few more assets because. The only time we've really struggled at the moment is is when those injuries have come in.
2: Yeah, I mean, you mentioned about about the money. I mean, Bayer said there will be some available to him in January or the summer. I mean, Mm. the the one it it sounds like a sort of thing that would be a good laugh, but I mean, you don't really you don't want to go out into January and spend thirty million, like spend stupid amounts of money on players who. You know, just because you can now. I mean, and you trust that Boya will be. I mean, he's shown he can be sensible when he's got no money. You trust he'd be sensible with with some money. He'll he'll be shopping in a slightly different aisle, perhaps to the one that he had been before. Uh, but you still got, you still got to think about all these other things: the character of the players, you know how how they're going to fit in, into the the work ethic that the squad has shown that they have so far. All, all that sort of stuff. It's not just about going out. And throwing and £50 million pounds at the, you know, some washed-up Premier League star.
3: Definitely. And again, if we go back to the previous regime, we brought some good players in. Johan berg was a very good player uh, and probably, I, I think, had quite a good work ethic here as well. But it was no good when you had the, the other players around him who were no good. You had the Churams coming in. So I think we need to be careful. January, for me, is about making sure we've got enough to get through this season and stay up for, for me. That's all I'm concerned about. And that means bringing a few more bodies in. Um, I think even if we'd just lost two or three players through this this time, we still would have struggled because the quality drops off a little bit. Obviously, the, the injury crisis as it is at the moment is, is fairly unprecedented and, touch wood, unlikely to happen again. But we do need a few more bodies in so the people like James Vennings aren't going to have to come in and play with the greatest of respect to him because he's, he's just not ready to do that yet. Although he actually handled himself pretty well um, at the weekend. So. For me, that's what January's for. And then you give Gallon from January through to the summer, if he's not already working at it, to sit down with the owners, say, look, these are the sort of players I want. Give him so much time. Let him know what his budget is now. And then we can start to plan properly. Because if we can do the retaining work in January, so keeping Bows, keeping the likes of Lyle Taylor, keeping those players that are on loan and making sure they don't get recalled to their parent clubs, then when you get to the summer, if we've had an okay season... We've already got those in the bank, and then you go, right, who are we going to go out and get now, and what's our team going to be next season? So for me, it's hanging on till the summer um, and just doing the the little bits in January, the patching up, if you like, to get us through to the end of the season.
2: Yeah, well, uh, there's another job now for Libe to be linked with because breaking news is that Everton have fin- finally sacked Marco Silver. Yeah, but they have uh, uh, just been announced on, the, on on the Telegraph website. Um, you, met, yeah, you mentioned the likes of Taylor now. I mean, it, it, this is it, completely changes the ballpark for the club in terms of that we can keep players who previously wanted away. But we, we just did had an interesting tweet that came in from Hendrik uh, Johan. says, uh, All the TakeOver TakeOver chat seems to have gone to a certain player's heads. Uh, does Taylor forget that he didn't want to play for us? He didn't want to know the club, didn't care about the fans. He wanted out. Uh, We want players who want to play for the club, uh, whatever the situation. So, of course, we remember that he was heavily linked with with a move away to Brentford at the end of the summer transfer window. I mean, Lee Bayer uh, even effectively said in an interview that the player was interested in the move. But, I mean, Lyle Taylor's still here after that transfer window closed. He scored, was it five goals in six games at the start of the season? He certainly didn't shirk from his responsibility when he did stay here. Uh, But Hendricks suggesting that um, he's not too keen to see Lyle Taylor perhaps signing a new contract I'm guessing because he wanted out in, in 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 the summer what do you think about that I think
3: Lyle Taylor's a funny one uh he he can upset some people he's he's controversial he's he's opinionated um and particularly whilst he's injured he's got a lot of time on his hands as well so I can see that he's gonna blow hot and cold with some people um going back to the summer move you've got to look at the the facts there you've got a player who is in a team who we're expecting to really struggle and battle at the bottom of the table. He gets an offer reportedly coming in to change his wages beyond you know his expectations. When you think a year before us he was down at Wimbledon and he has a chance to make some life-changing money for himself when he's at the, the latter end of his career. So you take that and you think, well, what would I do in that situation? I, I don't think we could have begrudged him wanting to make that move. He doesn't get to make it for whatever reason. He stays here. As you said, he starts scoring goals and he doesn't shirk his responsibility. I remember that first game when he came out of the the tunnel here after all of that and I wondered what sort of reception he'd get and he didn't look too happy. Um, But he quickly kind of got back into his stride, got back amongst the goals. I wonder whether the injury has humbled him a little bit as well in the sense that maybe he looks at what the club are doing for him in terms of his rehab and perhaps he's a bit grateful for that. And... If we're able to put a contract in front of him, I'm not going to necessarily state we would be offering whatever Brentford were and I don't know what that was. But if we we're able to offer him a, a slightly improved deal and one that he thinks, Do you know what, that's going to set me up pretty well as well, then maybe he doesn't have so much of a reason to, yeah. to want to leave. So I completely get why some fans find him difficult um, or frustrating. But in terms of what he does on the pitch, you can't really question it. His record's impeccable. And uh, if we were to offer him a new contract and he signed, I'd be delighted because... Okay we we haven't necessarily struggled for goals since he's been out of the side but he's still a massive part of that side.
2: Now is uh, it is a bit of fun. El Adic Espanol has tweeted in the following Lo más importante es que los nuevos dueños estén pacientes con Bo, dada nuestras lesiones. And luckily, I'm fluent in Spanish. That means the most important thing is that the new owners are patient with Bo, given our injuries. uh Yeah, there is a translate button on Twitter, thankfully. Right, um yeah, you can't argue with that. Right, let's have a quick break. When we come back, we'll hear a little bit about those injuries. Libea telling us who may well be able to return for Saturday's trip up to the Riverside Stadium.
1: Post your free job on linkedin.com/slash spoken today. Cullen trying to take his man on. Chip ball back across. Bowers there. Pierce is there. there Bowers with a header. And it's John. Oh, it. he's oh, he oh, Patrick Barr.
0: You absolute German beauty.
2: Dreamlad. John has scored. With seconds remaining. We've done it, too. Get in! Come on! What a time
5: to be a hero! Here at
2: Wembley! Oh, my word!
5: Oh, my word!
2: Charlton Live. So welcome back. This is Charlton Live. It's the big match preview live on your Thursday evening, or via the podcast afterwards, uh, of course. As we heard there from uh, El Adic Espanol, uh, Charlton uh, have of course been suffering with a horrible uh, injury crisis over the last few weeks. Uh, we saw a number of youth players involved in the the game against Sheffield Wednesday uh, on Saturday. Players throwing up at half time as well in the form of Abby Morgan. Other ones crying off sick uh, on the morning uh, of the game. So we really haven't had much luck uh, with injuries but uh, during Lee Bayer's press day uh, today uh, the Addicts Boss was finally able uh, to bring us some good news ahead of Saturday's trip up to the Riverside Stadium.
4: Um, We've got a couple come back so Mm. Lyle and Chucks hopefully will be on the bench if they can get through today and uh, tomorrow then them two will be on the bench They've, they've been outside a while now running and doing everything they need to do out on the on, on a training pitch before joining in for us. Today is the first day they're going to join in with us, so obviously when they come back, it's can't go mad, can't just chuck them in, there you go, go and play 90 minutes, we have to do it the right way, but the most important thing is they're there back in amongst the group.
5: List of injured
4: players, Josh Cullen, no chance? No, Josh is going to be out a long time, weeks and weeks. So, so we're not going to see him until the new year? No. No, Josh won't be back before Christmas. No, Johnny Williams. Yep, hopeful. Um, from what I hear, he should be in and around next week. Hull. Uh, again, he's outside running, but he's he's not ready to come with us yet. So, we're hopeful that maybe Hull he'll be back in in and amongst it for Hull. So, yeah. Jason Pierce. Jason Pierce is good.
5: Oh, he's fit. I thought he was carrying an injury.
4: Jason Pierce. No, no injury
0: um,
4: Jason obviously played Saturday Then Tuesday, 290 minutes And he, if we all know Jason That he puts his body on the line And gives everything all game So then if we'd have played him on the Saturday as well I think we would have been a chance That he would have got injured um, So that's why he didn't play he, he hadn't done nothing wrong He was just trying to prevent another injury So uh, he wasn't injured But I just didn't want to take that risk with him
5: and last, but my no is least, Jake forster
4: Uh He's going to be a wall as well. Um, hamstring, but it's not a good hamstring. So, uh, yeah, he's going to be in a good few weeks, yet.
5: Yeah. And can, can you clarify the situation regarding Brighton loan players, Tomah Hamid and Baron Kyle, who <coughs> suffered long-term injuries? Are they anywhere near being fit for you?
4: Well, yeah, so Tamar, we, we all know what happened with Tamar. Tamar came, he, he got a... I it was like a slight groin, and then he came back and um, and then he came on off the bench for 10 minutes and then broke down. So that's why he's been out. And then now he's outside again running. Again, a lot of them are outside running and, and trying to get their fitness up um, before they come back to us, because it's, the intensity is really high with the, with the training. So, um, so, yeah, Tama's on his way back. Uh, Kyle's back at Brighton, getting treatment there. Um, when, on the last international break, he, he got injured and he's had an injection. So, hopefully he's not not too long.
2: So, there we go. Lee Bayer uh, giving us the updates on the injuries. Quite a few to, to catch up with there, as, uh, as is always the case, unfortunately. But... Um, Positive news in terms of Lyle Taylor uh coming back Saturday, probably be on the bench, same as, as Chucks and EK. Uh obviously Hendrick won't be too happy about the Lyle Taylor News, but yeah. the rest of us will be. And uh, you know, he 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 could be a real it could be a real big time for him to to come back f- with us, you know, in in this you know, we have to say a poor run of results now. Not necessarily a poor run of performances, but with the injuries we've had, we haven't been quite getting the results, we haven't been able to see out games. Uh, that we want to and, and, and Lyle could could just be a massive a massive difference for us.
3: Yeah we've said plenty of times over the last few weeks that the quicker we just get that win however we get it the better. I think we, we'd we all pretty much written the Sheffield Wednesday game off if we're honest particularly that takeover comes in you go do you know what I don't care about the result anyway and then when you look at that bench we had when we had three youth players on a five-man bench and two youth players starting you think well this is going to be tough. When actually you look back at the game we were in it for large parts so yeah, it's absolutely massive. It'll be massive around the dressing room, around the training ground, just have him back. Because as I said earlier, he's a huge personality. Um, and, you know, if he gets the chance to come on away at Middlesbrough or back here on Tuesday, then you can imagine the the crowd's reaction to him as well. I think that he's still our talisman, whatever Macaulay Bond's done. And, he, and he's been absolutely fantastic these past few weeks. Lyle Taylor is Lyle Taylor. He's, he's going to be you know, brash and he's going to put himself around and he's going to be that character on the pitch up, up the top. And, and I think Boyer mentioned it himself, you know, McCauley's done fine, but the work rate that, that Lyle Taylor has, is pretty much unparalleled across the squad. Um, so yeah, it's a, it'll be a massive boost. I'll, I'll be surprised unless we're kind of one nil down with 10 minutes left. I'd be surprised if Bowie risks him on Saturday, but then Tuesday and Friday over next week, I'd expect him to get some minutes.
2: Yeah. Chucks and EK, um, another one who perhaps hasn't hit the heights. yet. I mean, Bo was saying to, to Richard Corley earlier that mm. we haven't seen him fully fit. So I think that that possibly... I mean, because don't forget, there was a couple of performances at the start of the season. Reading away, uh, Barnsley away, Stoke, Stoke at, at home. home where he scored. You know, where, where he looked okay, but then we have to admit he did sort of flatter uh, to deceive a little bit uh, in, in some of his later substitute appearances. You know, we know now he's he's been unfit, which kind of helped. Um, but he's a player who, who will be hoping once once he regains a bit of fitness that that he can really hit the ground running. We need him to. You know, we're coming into a really busy period of games now. It doesn't it doesn't help the fact that we've got to play two midweek games next week, Tuesday and Friday night. So very little turnaround. the, the squad's going to be stretched to its limits anyway. Um, so another man, you know, we're hopeful will be able to just make a difference.
3: Yeah, I don't think we'll see him start. I just had a quick look. He's had eleven appearances for us, and obviously not started a single one yet. I can't see Bola changing that until he's. Happy that he's fully fit, Um, and you're right. It's been a mixed bag. I can think name three performances there. There's maybe one other where he's looked okay. So even if we take four, that's seven performances where we just haven't really seen enough of him. Having said that, it's tough coming on as a substitute. You're not going to be able to change every single game, unfortunately. But he has shown in those three or four games we mentioned. You know, the the Reading game, he took that by the scruff of the neck. We were after that second goal because. We dominated large parts of that game and just couldn't get that cushion and he came on and completely transformed that game. As you say, the Stoke game came on, just no one could get near him and he got himself a deserved goal. Uh, And the same at Barnsley away as well, Um, obviously not scoring, but in terms of the impact he made. So he's shown he can do it. We know he can do it from his time at his previous club as well. So we know there's a good player in there. It's just about getting those minutes now. Um, And again, similar to Lyle, I don't think he's someone that's going to start certainly not on uh, on Saturday and I don't think he'll start probably over the rest of the week either but again just another body that we can have on the bench so you're not having to throw on a Josh Davison for example Josh has again has done fine but we go back to the Carl and Grant scenario you just don't want to have to keep doing that with these youngsters and the more players that come back the better
2: Yeah I mean Johnny Williams is another one who perhaps will be back towards the end of next week like I so say we've got those two games Huddersfield Tuesday Hull on Friday chance yeah. for, for Hull on Friday now in- interesting news perhaps about one of Johnny Williams's Welsh teammates actually Joe Ledley uh, former, former Derby Celtic Palace and, and Cardiff midfielder uh, he has been training with the club I know that rumor has uh, been going around but he has been training now what we don't know is whether it's just a case of a a a mate of Johnny Williams coming in to get a bit of fitness or if it's something that Bay is legitimately having a look at but it's interesting to see his training with us I mean I think was it Gary O'Neill we had training with us at Mm. one point last year and we were like why are we going to sign a 36 year old we weren't he was just there to get fitness it does happen um but he has been training so I mean I guess you know player who's played in the Welsh squad as well Tom so you know him well uh impressive beard which is always something always something you, you worry about I mean would he'd be able to add something to it I mean fitness wise he's going to be well behind having not had a club uh, this season so I can't imagine anything would happen soon uh, but I mean if if the reason he is there is, is a player being looked at properly rather than just training which on my guess is he's just training but is there is there a player in there that could be a useful addition to the squad?
3: Definitely there is he's, uh, he's so well known for his fitness so at Cardiff in particular, I remember. The, I think it might have even been Warnock back in back in the day. Just said, "Look, he'll run forever." He's very similar to Prattley in that mould. That yes, he's thirty two, thirty three now, but I can imagine if he gets up to speed, if he can get that fitness back, he can run all day long. Um, I wouldn't expect him and Prattley to ever be in the same side if he was to sign, but it would just be again someone else that we'd have a bit more strength in depth in that area. Uh, he's good on the ball, he's good at breaking up play, and then looking to distribute the ball forwards, similar to again similar to Darren Prattley, weighs in with with the odd goal. Um, but yeah, he's someone I'd certainly like to see in there. I know our midfield when it's all fully fit is competitive, but you look at the injury we've taken to Cullen now, and again we've spoken about this in recent weeks. Cullen and Prattley aren't like for like at all. But Prattley's really the only one you can think of that's going to sit regularly at the base of that midfield with Kyle injured and, and Cullen injured. Yeah, and so as well, yeah. Yeah, so you wonder if perhaps he could come in and, and do a job there on a on a short-term contract or something. As I say, I don't think he's one for the long term, but he'd had a bit of experience in that area and we've heard from players and seen firsthand the difference Prattley's made to those youngsters. So I don't think there's any harm in him being around the squad at all. And if Bowyer rates his fitness, which as I say, Ledley's certainly in the past shown that he can... You know, run that engine room if you like, then I think it would be an interesting option. Mm,
2: yeah, uh, obviously, like we said, with, with the injuries, the two Brighton lads as well. It was quite funny that Tony uh, had added another injury to the score with <laughs> Jason Pierce. It's like, no, Tony, stop making them up. We've got enough as it is. Uh, the two Brighton lads, they've, they've been a frustration, haven't they? Uh, Kyle's back with uh, back with Brighton now, having his injury assessed. It doesn't sound too too good. Hemed's not a million miles away, back out running again, so probably two weeks away, maybe. But I mean, there's two players who have been. Pretty frustrating so far with injuries, and when they have had time on the pitch, they they haven't really had a run of games to to get into their stride. So it'd be interesting to see what happens if they, especially with Kaya if he, if his injury is that bad, whether he return or mm. not.
3: I think yeah, frustrating's maybe being a bit kind to them. Um, Hemed I didn't know a huge amount about before he came in. If I'm being completely honest, I know his goal scoring record isn't amazing, but I was just pleased we got a striker through the door because it. Didn't look like that was really going to happen. Uh, Kyle, I was really excited by. There was talk of him, just his ability on the ball being outstanding. Um, and maybe it's just their lack of pre-season. Uh, they, they've both just really struggled to adapt. Hemed, I don't think quite fits the style that we want to play, which is strange because he seems to be quite a big lad and could maybe do this kind of Lyle Taylor role, but just hasn't really got close to it. Again, hasn't had a lot of minutes. And Kyle, when he's come on, as I say, you you look at him and you think you're the sort of, Rolls-Royce player who can spray that ball around. He just hasn't really done it. We've seen him misplaced pass after pass in in games. And again, maybe it's just because he's not up to speed, but I don't think there's many people in the fan base who would say either of them have have done enough to warrant anything longer than the season. So if they're both injured, then, yeah, obviously, Kyle, maybe it's something we end in January if we can, um, free up some space to get someone else in. Hemed, we've got for the season, haven't we, I think. So you know, getting back fit and maybe is an option off the bench again. Avoids having someone like Davison having to play, but yeah, so far neither of them have really impressed.
2: Right, let's have a quick break here on the big match preview. When we come back, we're going to hear from Deji Oshelaja.
0: Bond over to the left hand side, Kyle finds him and Bentley's coming out of his goal and Bond's got past him, Bond with the chance here! Bond with a goal! End to end stuff here at Ashton Gate,
1: and Macaulay Bond gets another goal, Bentley for whatever reason came out of his goal, Bond gets there first and with a tiny left-handed finish and end to end stuff but John have the lead. (laughs)
2: Welcome back. It's Charlton Live, the big match preview uh, on your Thursday evening. Don't forget, we'll be back here on Sunday uh, to look back at whatever happens uh, up at the Riverside as we go on to face Middlesbrough. We're going to hear from Dom Shaw from the uh, Teesside, uh, Teesside Live and the Gazette up there. Uh, later on tells us a little bit how uh, how Jonathan Woodgate side have been getting on. Not very well, actually, so... Yeah. I imagine, but you'll be targeting something up there. But anyway, we'll uh, we'll talk about that in a few seconds because now we want to hear from Deji Oshilaja, the uh, defender signed for us, didn't he? Uh, from AFC Wimbledon uh, in the summer, uh, can play at right back or at centre half, and uh, turns out he can also play at defensive midfield when uh, when we have a hole to fill. Uh, he's played there a couple of times, has not he? In the last week, the last two home games, uh, done well, but uh, obviously we haven't been able to get a win uh, in either. Of of those games, the latest of which was that three-one defeat against Sheffield Wednesday last Saturday, and Deji Shalaja came to speak to Terry. At the summer signing was disappointed to come out on the losing side uh, once again last weekend uh, against the Owls.
6: No, obviously, um, everyone's disappointed, you know. Everyone's down. Obviously, it's a game that we thought we could have won, and uh, um, a game that we thought at least we get a draw, but um. Again, as football, you know, obviously we'll move on and we'll continue to grow. You know, obviously everyone knows our situation in terms of the injuries and the sicknesses, but we don't really use it as an excuse. You know, we just say it, we just say it as it is really, and that's the facts of the situation that we're in. But obviously we're a strong group and we'll deal with it, and we'll obviously we'll get ready during the week now for the next game. Got Holden, uh, with a cold in
1: we crossfield ball in the first quarter of an hour but got back into the game well and and played some lovely football to get back on the level terms. I guess at that point today, you must have thought uh, you remember the good shout for, for a result.
6: Yeah, of course, you know. Um, well, listen, when we know we're a good team, you know, and, and whether the manager puts out, I'm sure they'll be able to play football because that's not what the manager wants, you know. But, um, yeah, again, there's going to be spoiling in games when both teams have a bit of the ball, you know, and they had their patch, we had our bit. Obviously, we scored our goal, but we're hoping to capitalise on that, but we couldn't today. But, um, you know, we'll continue to work at it and we'll continue to improve.
1: For yourself, it must be a slightly strange feeling because you've come in at the side uh, and played well. Uh, most people would agree that uh, you put in some decent performances. So it's a double edged sword. You've come in, played quite well, but the team's just not quite getting the results.
6: Yeah, of course, no, um, for me obviously I wanted to play as many as possible and try to stay as fit as possible, you know Listen, the boys have done well, the boys have been excellent, you know, whoever's come in, everyone's done very well, I believe And obviously we're going for a bit of a tough patch, but um, I believe we're strong enough and we've got good characters And just them that will help us turn it around as a collective, you know, but obviously we'll continue to work, I'll continue to improve And I'm sure um, as a team we'll continue to get better
1: you see, uh, with the injuries and the illnesses and, uh, and things that were going on behind the scenes at the club, having to bring in young kids, um, maybe not in an ideal situation, but it just shows that uh, there is a possibility of chomping for, for youngsters if they're uh, patient and they're good enough.
6: Yeah, of course, you know, I think the young lads that came on today were excellent as well, you know. Um, I thought, um, obviously, ideally, um, we would have had the players to obviously play our players, but then, listen, they got thrown in. And I think every game that they played, they've been excellent. You know, I think Alfie today was excellent. I think Josh came and held the ball whatever even young James Venners as well was good as well. You know, so I think there's positives in the academy. And obviously, it shows that there's a pathway for through here at Chatham. I think everyone knew that anyway. You know, a lot of players do come through here, so I think now give the young boys extra incentives to continue to work hard.
1: Are the players able to to step back and look at it and think, well, even with you know the threadbare side and having to put out you know only five subs, uh, we're not getting hammered. We're, you know. That third goal today came in the last second, so you know, to discount that, but it's
6: you know, we're still running teams close even with, with the injury list. Yeah, of course, but again it's still a loss though, do you know what I mean? Yeah. So obviously like um we're, we're very tough on ourselves and we and we expect of a high level for ourselves, you know, do you know what I mean? Like so regardless, yeah right, we're not getting pumped. But we believe that when every game, regardless of who we put out, that we shouldn't be able to get pumped, do you know what I mean? Because I think we were strong defensively and we got good players going forward, you know, so I think we'll always score goals. We just need to obviously tighten up. And I think that will come, you know, once we get out of this little dry patch and then we'll continue to work at edge end of the week and then we'll just go again on the weekend, really. Obviously, big news
1: from behind the scenes uh, circling around the club. is—is uh, it been? Uh, have you been able to concentrate and
6: focus on the football with all the, all the news uh, from behind the scenes coming up? Yeah, it's been pretty easy, you know. And the manager obviously speaks to us. The manager just tells us, listen, we'll just continue to do our work on the pitch. And that's the only bit that we can control, you know. And whatever happens at the back of the um, club, I'm not sure if it's confirmed or whatever. I'm sure it'll be great news for the club and great news for the fans, you know. But um, for us, our job is to obviously play football and help the team do well basically and that's I think you've been our main focus yeah. this whole week you know and then if anything happens from there then obviously we'll react accordingly if you finish a game like today and and uh, Luton just before
1: and then mm-hmm. even Cardiff even though we've got a point you look at that and you think uh, looking forward to playing you again with a full side out and you know when we're at full strength and just so uh, we can show you what we're really about
6: yeah of course you know and obviously um, it's one of was ones obviously we went there with um. With a team full of indies basically but um yeah it's one of the ones we'll look forward to playing them again because we believe we can beat anyone in this league you know what i mean with a full score team and even with the players that we've put out today we still believe that we had a strong performance and i believe we've been putting some performance if we just haven't managed to get the result that we deserve or we believe we could deserve but again we'll, like i said before we'll continue to work and um yeah we'll look forward to obviously getting a replay and getting one back at them.
2: So there we go, that's uh, Deji Oshelaar speaking to Terry after last week's home defeat against Sheffield Wednesday and obviously discusses about how the, the players have to deal with the external pressures of the takeover that's going through at the moment and uh, the uh, illness that was amongst the squad and the injury crisis. Tom, you uh, I mean, you look bemused by the injury crisis, that look on your face was... Uh,
3: yeah, that's what I'm bemused about.
2: Yeah, not, not a video of a certain former Watford chairman <laughs> that's currently going around, but um, yeah... Uh, did let talk about him first of all. Um, I like him. I, I, I think he's got something about him.
3: Yeah, I like him. He's he's versatile. And that always sort of player I like because he can pretty much come in and, and play in a variety of positions. As you said, just before we heard his interview there, he seems like a great character. Every time the crowd are singing that song about him, even if he's in the middle of playing the game, you see his little smile and he's laughing along. He just seems to really enjoy playing the game. Um, and yeah, he's a player that I like. I think he can do a job for us. He's probably not the strongest player in any of the positions um, but he's someone that can come in and, and is more than competent in doing it and, and someone I'd like when I'm talking about in the summer maybe clearing out some of the players. He's not one I, I would certainly like to keep him because I think he's a, a useful player for us and the more minutes he gets the better he looks for us I think.
2: Yeah and uh, we needed some versatility in that midfielders, and uh, he's provided that so far. He's um. He had a good shot last week as well. I've got, I'm trying to remember. I think he scored against us for FC Wimbledon a couple of seasons ago. I think ago. he did as well. Yeah, so maybe he could be the... Uh uh, an answer for if we need a goal from midfield on, on Saturday put him as well up front. but yeah but yeah I like, I like the way he moves around the pitch and obviously he talks about the young players have come in and, and performed well uh, and we'll talk a little bit more about who we'd like to see in again on, on Saturday uh, but he says about the illness as well he says how the players aren't going to allow themselves to use that as an excuse uh, and we've seen in like I say most of the performances we've had good spells. Sheffield Wednesday, I thought, we more than held our own. Uh, Luton, perhaps, were a little bit off the boil at times, but then ended reasonably strongly, forced, forcing a few chances card if we were 2-0 up at the break. And we've had other games where we've been in it. It's just, you know, the players aren't letting that be an excuse in terms of their, 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 their getting into games and staying in games, but they just do run out of steam and I do wonder if there has been times when Bowie would like would love to be able to bring on a different option from the bench than he's been able to for example uh, over the last few weeks and 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 whereas the players might not use it as an excuse I mean as fans looking from outside we can totally understand while when you have an injury crisis an illness crisis and suspensions as we've got Saturday Tom Lockett's out Saturday of course um, you can understand why results tend to tail off in that sort of situation
3: yeah I think it's the sort of spirit that has created amongst the squad. We've spoken about it time after time. That they're not a squad that look for excuses. If if a different era Charlton had come out and said the same things, you'd be going that you'd be saying the exact opposite. You'd be saying this is just an excuse. It's not good enough. But you can tell when these players go out there, they put a hundred percent in. And if that only gets them through to seventy seventy five minutes because they've all got a bug and they're throwing up, then. You have to hold your hands up and say well that's all they can do at the moment given the difficult circumstances they're not going to make excuses I think mean, you could count the bad performances we've had at this, on this season on, on one hand uh, Luton, Wigan, Preston, maybe Millwall um, but we've we've just largely we've just been slightly outclassed by a team with either Premier League quality a lot of the time or just that little extra bit of fitness as a result of having more squad rotation so I hopefully speak for the majority of fans when I say I'm not blaming the players for any of our recent results I think our performances as you said earlier in the show have been pretty solid as I say we've had three or four maybe dodgy performances all season Um, we're more than holding our own in a lot of the games and when we get our first team back you go back to the earlier parts of this season some of the results we had and some of the performances we had then we've shown we can compete with the teams and I'm sure we will do again so yeah, it's been about riding this wave out. I said on Thursday's show last week that we had to just get through the Sheffield Wednesday game and things would start to turn. Didn't realise we we'd get taken over the next day, but um, <laughs> yeah, I think Huddersfield is the game we should start to target and start to build on. But as you say, even Middlesbrough, they're not in great form, so maybe we can nick some in there. But once players start coming back, I'm not I'm not worried at all.
2: Yeah, right. Um, we're going to hear from uh, Dom Shaw from the uh, T side uh, online, T side live, and uh, the Borough uh, Gazette in a few moments' time after this quick break here on Charlton Live. The big match preview. and lie. right, welcome back. Hope that's got you in the Christmas spirit. Um, Saturday, then, it's the long journey up to Middlesbrough. The Riverside Stadium taking on a Borough side who have had a poor start to the season. They're just two places and one point uh, above the drop zone in Jonathan Woodgate's first season. Uh, As manager, I caught up with Dom Shaw uh, from uh, Teesside Live and the Gazette uh, to find out about the season so far for Borough. And Dom does say it has been a difficult one so far in the North East.
0: Yeah, it has. Yeah, I think there was an acceptance at the start of the season that um it was going to be a season of transition and expectations perhaps weren't as, as high as they have been in previous years when promotion has been the obvious aim. Um but that said nobody expected to be in the position they are now. Um, even at the start of the season when, you know, results weren't great. I think there was kind of an expectance that the pick up and they haven't. Um but you know, Woodgate adamant that Uh, Results haven't been as good as what performance suggests, and they should have uh, they should have have, have picked up more than more points than they have done. Um, But you know that can only that sort of talk can only last for so long. I'd imagine there there is an acceptance that they need to start winning games. Obviously,
2: but where do you think it's gone wrong this season? Because obviously they they were just outside the playoffs last season, decided to to get rid of Tony Pulis and give Jonathan Woodgate his chance, but obviously it hasn't really gone to plan as of yet.
0: No, um, they're not scoring goals. Still, that was the problem last year. That's what cost them a place in the playoffs. Ultimately, for long stages of the season. If you'd have said that Borough were going to miss out on the top six, you'd have been scoffed at Really, you know, were, until probably January, February time, they looked to be in contention for top two. But they lost six on the bounce at the, uh, the business end of the season. As they say, and the same, and didn't really recover. or did recover, but it was too late. But it was it was a, a missed chances that cost Borough Then you know, a, it was a standing joke that you know, which chances would Tony Pulis come in and, and talk about after a game in his press conference and, and Woodgate now knows the frustration that Pulis was feeling because I, I mean, I don't know whether you've seen it but if you, if you have a search for Ashley Fletcher's missed chance at Huddersfield, for example, um, you know, you give any Championship Centre forward about 100 times and you'd expect them to put it in 99 times and, um, you know, that's a game they should have won for, uh, other games, other examples, Brentford at the start of the season, they were unlucky to, played Brentford off the park really and, and had two goals disallowed and, and then lost uh, there were 2 them up and costing against Hall and Marvin Johnson gets sent out in the drop points there so it's, it's just been one example after another really um, the, the injury list, uh, and I, and I realise there'd be no sympathy from Charlton given the, the situation they've had over the last couple of weeks but Borough have also had uh, a, a number of key players out there nine players or eight, nine players missing that lead. Um, on the bench at Leeds on Saturday that they had the six outfield players four of them had never played a minute in the championship and another had only made four appearances from the bench Um, I think the Barnsley game the average age of the outfield players on the bench was 21 and that included 30 year old Adam Clayton so they do have real problems there the Mm. the, the squad was very thin at the start of the year in that they lost a lot of senior players uh, Stuart Downing John Obi McKellan and Flint, Jordan Hugo went back from his loan. More Bessic went back, and the, the the three players that signed were all twenty and twenty-one year olds who were playing in League One last year. So the, the, there's a there's a lack of depth there, and and that's been really shown in the last few weeks with these injuries.
2: And how have the fans been treating Jonathan Woodgate? Has their patience start to run thin, or has he been given a little bit of a almost a honeymoon period? Of course, cause with it being his first managerial role
0: um in, in in general in the grounds home and away they've been very patient with him and and, and uh, would get appreciate appreciates that he's you know thank the fans at every given opportunity um the there is there are rumblings there's, there's no getting away from that particularly on social media i always think it's dangerous to gauge um you know the, the mood on on social media but you Woodgate knows that you know, he's the first to admit that although he's a, a, a Borough lad and, and played for them and, and grew up in the area, he's the first to admit that, that there are a large um group of Borough fans, I don't know whether you'd say the majority, but there's certainly a large uh, proportion of the fans who didn't want him in the first place to get the job, who kind of wanted, you know, something fresh would okay, get being part of Julis's coaching squad. So he knows that, he admitted that from, from day one and he said that um he knew he had to get those fans on side. Mm. He did that well in the summer because he spoke really well, really passionately. Um, but there was an aim to what he was saying. It wasn't just all passionate drive in the summer when he was talking about his hope to play attacking football and, and to, to bring in young players on an upward trajectory in their career and to give academy players a chance. But ultimately, as we all know, it's a results business, isn't it? And and. I think the problem he had is he he admits that it's been harder than he expected to to turn uh, pragmatic defensive football into kind of free-flowing attacking football Mm. and they're not winning games. So, it's uh, yeah, he knows that he he needs to start winning.
2: Yeah, and you mentioned that Middlesbrough picked up a few younger players in the summer. One of those, of course, was Anthony Dixkill from Charlton. How's how's Anthony gone since he's moved up to the North East?
0: He struggled really, we haven't seen the best of him, I mean, all three of the players who came in, you could probably say that uh, Dick Steele's been the best of the three, although that, that isn't particularly difficult. Um, Mark Baller, who the signed from Blackpool, has, has really struggled and he's uh, probably fourth or fifth choice left back, although he did play at Leeds on Saturday because... Uh, George Friend Hayden Coulson and Marvin Johnson were all unavailable Mar- uh, Marcus Brown uh, who they signed who was on loan at Oxford last year has, uh, hasn't really done it seen in flashes so I think has, has played more than the other two um, but he hasn't looked particularly comfortable uh, or convincing uh, I know he, you know he he was brought in as a right back and there was a lot made about the fact that he was Woodgate's first choice right back target although I gather he played most of his football for Bob in midfield the only Moved to right back at kind of the back end of last season. Um, but it, it, it's still very much a work in progress with him. I think the problem is with there's an acceptance with the players who came in that, you know, there the, the needs to be patience. Uh, but Borough, because of how thin the squad is and because of the lack of options, they don't really have that. So they kind of need the players to step up now. Mm. Um, he's injured now. He's out for, uh, well, it was a month, been out about a week, so probably three more weeks. He's going to miss the festive period he got injured again Barnsley last week, which was just kind of another uh, the latest blow for Woodgate. But that, that, that's come at a bad time for him because it was a chance to really nail down a spot. Um mm-hmm. I mean he's been playing Johnny Housen now, it was a midfielder, he's been playing House at right wing back instead of Dick Steele, which is probably a damning indictment in itself. Mm-hmm. But because of the injuries, Housen has had to be used as a centre half. Uh which which kind of you know, this was Dick Steele's opportunity, but as I say, he, he wasn't particularly taking it and now he's not gonna have the chance to take it mm. because he's out injured. Yeah.
2: And so finally, just looking ahead to, to Saturday's game, um, who are the the danger men that the Charlton fans should be wary of within the Middlesbrough side?
0: Well obviously British Sabalonga's kinda of got an unrivaled goal record at this level. He's um he scored only six this year but that's more than a third of Borough's tally and you know there aren't many championship managers if any you wouldn't have him in the team the problem is he was injured against Leeds on Saturday he played despite his injury which again reflects the injury problems for Harve in general he's got an ankle problem um, but if he's on song and he, and he has been playing well of late he's the man to watch Paddy McNair has been Borough's best player this season but he's injured and suspended so he's going to be unavailable um, Ashley Fletcher you know him and Assamble Ongra have a have a a good partnership up front and we've seen that starting to work of late. So if if them two are playing, then hopefully they can build on that. Um, And last season Lewis Wing was Borough's kind of real standout player can he still signed him from the, the non-league He's was playing non-league working night shifts in a shower factory and were mm-hmm. assigned him because they liked what they'd seen in a trial game and he ended up becoming probably their best player last year but he, he hasn't quite hit those heights this season second season he struggled a bit and he's, he's playing in a hold of, holding more defensive role which probably doesn't get the best out of him but, but he, he tries to pull the strings he's dangerous from distance he doesn't need a second invite to, to pull the trigger so he's, he's worth watching as well
2: there we go, thanks to Dom Shaw from Teesside Live and the Gazette, uh, Middlesbrough expert on this evening's show. Um, yeah, Borough struggling, uh, just what was it one win in the last 12 and uh, yeah, not, not going too well. Um, interesting about Anthony Dick still, surprised to hear uh, he uh, hasn't exactly hit the ground running up there. I was probably expecting a bit more from him. Yeah,
3: I've got a mate who's a Middlesbrough fan and met up with him the other week and he said, how on earth did you sell him to us for the money you did? Um, he's someone who I you know I liked here, but I didn't... I didn't think he was worth what was reportedly paid for him. Um, he's obviously young and perhaps got a bright future ahead of him, but even here he had performances where I thought, oh, I don't really see what he's offering us. So I'm not largely surprised that he hasn't been hasn't been brilliant, but I'm sure they've bought him for the long term, so he might be someone that improves. But you're right, they're, they're a team that have really struggled under Woodgate, who's obviously a, a legend there, which is perhaps why he's been granted that bit of time to try and turn things around. Um and have that kind of transition season. But, yeah, their uh, their run is poor. I said that before last week and I said if you're on a poor run, you come and play Charlton because chances are you'll get yourselves out of it. And obviously Sheffield Wednesday did that and we hope Borough won't. Um, but again, as we've spoken about earlier in the show, it's going to be another youthful kind of patch together side from our side. But it sounds pretty similar up there as well. So. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, you mentioned Jonathan Woodgate there. The Borough manager, of course, is a former teammate of Lee Bayer and the Addicts boss is looking forward uh, to seeing a man he knows well.
4: Yeah, we should do. We played together and travelled all over Europe together. So, um, yeah, looking forward to seeing Jonathan uh, again the weekend. Robbie Keynes is number two, so obviously he was at Leeds as well when we played there. So it would be nice to see them and um, it's going to be a tough game. You know, it's never easy going there. Um, it, it's a tough place to go but we'll turn up and, and, and we'll try and do our best I'm sure.
2: Yeah Bo, you're saying it's a, a very tough place to go um, especially with the injury crisis we've got now you're looking at the side that, that, that perhaps maybe even started a game uh, against uh, against Sheffield Wednesday last week and you're wondering you know of those youth players in particular who would, who would you like to see and don't forget Tom Lockie is out suspended so likely to see a See a back four, I guess, unless Prattley drops in to make it a five with three centre halves. But um, Saar and, and Pierce in in the centre of defence, you- you're guessing now. You know the standout player for me last week was uh, was young Alfie Doughty. Mm. Um, uh, one you'd like to see starting uh, again?
3: I think one that probably will start again because I don't think we've got a lot of choice. Uh, yeah, I watched the game. I wasn't able to be here, unfortunately. Saturday but watched the game back and thought he was outstanding I mean the goal itself obviously with the the touch through the player and round and and the assist for bomb but I thought just in general his overall play just seemed to have so much energy and make the right decision a lot of times which is not something you often see with young players so yeah I'm very excited to see how he gets on I think the sooner we get players back and can give them a rest the better because we don't want to overplay these players as we've spoken about plenty of times but I think he's someone that will start Saturday and someone that borough probably won't know a huge amount about uh you talk about the back four there. I think much like you say, I think it probably will be a back four unless Deji slots into a back three again. But um yeah, I expect obviously Pierce to come back in unless Tony Hud's two footed in by then and, and made him injured. <laughs> but um yeah, I, I think probably a back four. Um and then uh some sort of maybe a diamond midfield. Darity out on the left of that, possibly. Um and then i would imagine bon and and Lecco up front.
2: Yeah, it is one of those ones where still the, the team very much picks itself because i mean yeah. even the bodies coming back the lights of taylor and anike will only be fit for the bench. Exactly. So but it does mean if we're if we're losing 1-0 with 15 minutes left chuck chuck him on, lyle taylor chuck on chucks anike see what you can do. If we're 3-0 up and coasting with 20 minutes left, i can't imagine we'll, we'll be desperate to to throw him on unless it's just to get a little bit of minutes. But you know, at least now you're looking at a bench that's only had five on last time out with a chance to try and change something from there
3: yeah and I think as well you look at the players that we've got there we spoke about Deji Oshalaja being versatile but Prattley we just spoken about there could play in the middle of a back three could play defensive midfield Dougherty was playing left wing back wasn't he at the weekend and can play further forward um, Sars played at left back before you've got Solly and Matthews in terms of the right Deji could go over to the right as well so there is still options in there in terms of changing up formations as well. So if you need to slot an, an ek in there in in a sort of number ten role, maybe you can move move people around to accommodate that. So yeah, I think largely the starting eleven probably does pick itself. But then, as you say, it's looking at that depth. First of all, can we fill the bench? And second of all, when we are. 1-0 down, if we are 1-0 down, which hopefully we're not with 10 minutes left, rather than having to look to someone like a James Vennings or Josh Davison, we can look at someone like Lyle Taylor and go, right, get yourself back in the fans, good books again and, and score yourself a goal and get back on that, that run.
2: Yeah, only ever uh, one win for the Addicts up at the Riverside Stadium, uh, 3-0 Premier League victory back in August 2005. Dennis Rombardale, uh Chris Perry, of all people, and Darren Bent uh, with the goals. We've lost on each of our last three occasions that we've gone up to the, uh, the Riverside. We've lost I think, I think something like five out of the last six there as well. Just a 2-2 draw in the Uh, the season first season back up in the championship with power is the only time we've got any form of result up there Carol Fry's first game uh, as Charlton manager was up at the Riverside yeah we uh, on Halloween uh, we lost 3-0 as well I mentioned Dennis Rommeldale there we should we should actually uh, highlight it's it's a great day to be an addicts fans 5th of December of course the 27th now anniversary of the return to the valley so many good things have happened on this day to Charlton so obviously back at the valley our last win at Millwall was on the 5th of December in 1995 when Kim Grant scored the goals Uh, we won at Chelsea with. And Kevin Lusby scored late on. I think that was about 2002, 2003. Uh, won the win over Blackburn in our relegation season when Talao El-Khikori scored a last-minute free kick as well. So it's a great day uh, to be a Charlton fan and one that's always celebrated. Uh, Dennis Romada, of course, scoring that winner against Palace that same day uh, as, uh, as uh, back to the Valley Day as well, back in 2005, I think that was. So, yeah, uh, an excellent day. Uh, we should also mention the cup draw has come up. West Brom at home. Excited, Buzz in. Yeah. yeah. So, so we we're now going to be playing West. Uh, I don't think the date as as the time we go to rec- uh, to recording has actually been confirmed, but I'm guessing it's going to Probably be the, the Sunday. Sunday, right? Yeah. Uh, so the first Sunday in the new year. Uh, then the next Saturday we're also at home to West Brom, so we're definitely playing them twice in a row. And if we draw the FA Cup game, the likelihood of the replays up at the Hawthorns is going to be the Tuesday after the league game. So that we're pro- possibly even going to play West Brom three times in a row. So that's something. Uh, to look forward to is that the right the right phrase you said lewis will go won't he yeah well, <laughs> if I'd, nobody else yeah i'll so. go i'll go as well I'll, I'll make i'll make up the numbers so yeah. i mean look, obviously getting back to saturday woodgate and Bowyer know each other well they've been through a lot together as as teammates uh which, which almost goes without saying uh two rookie managers one who's certainly taken to the job a lot better woodgate i mean is he is under pressure uh, boyer yeah, there'll be absolutely no room for, for sentiment when he goes up there he'll want to stick the final nail in that coffin if he can do because he'll want to go up there and get that three points that we, that we need now you know it's been a couple the last couple of weeks we're saying we need to start picking up results with or without the injury crisis and we do need something Saturday now
3: yeah 100% it's the same as any of the the ex-players as fans that we've seen come back there's time for sentiment before and after the game but as soon as that whistle blows you all of that goes away uh, we've spoken about it the last few weeks we need that win now the uh the form run, if you like, if you had a graph of the season, it would only be going one way. So we need to just turn that around again now. And if it goes up and down for a little bit, that's absolutely fine by me. But at the moment, we, we just need that one win. Like I said last week, I think if it comes off someone's backside or whatever it takes, we just need to mm. secure that win because um, we've got a lot of games over the next month or so.
2: And Conor Gallagher's back as well, which, as we know, could be massive Huge. returning from his suspension. Right, so let's have a prediction from Tom Wallin, the um, Welsh welshi Wallin. Joe Ledley to score (laughs) yeah
3: I'm going (laughs) to go for a 1-0 Charlton win
2: lovely stuff I will take that all day long right we've come to the end of this week's big match preview here on Charlton Live I hope you've enjoyed it thank you for listening all the way to the very end uh, the dying embers of the podcast thanks to Welshie Wallen for being here cheers I've been Louis Mendes don't forget we'll be back here on Sunday evening to look back at whatever happens uh, against uh, Middlesbrough up at the Riverside on Saturday make sure you get your reactions into studio at CharltonLive.co.uk as soon as the game is finished let us know what you made of the performance up at the riverside whatever happens in the end let's hope it's three points for the addicts three points that we desperately need thanks for listening and we'll see you on sunday